Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Traveling through time and space, it's the podcast of timey-wimey proportions. Podcastica. Now, here's John and Taylor. Thank you, Irving, and hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of Podcastica here on NOTLG.com. We're wrapping up the season-long arc of season 23 of Classic Doctor Who, the ultimate foe. Was it the ultimate episode? I mean, we'll get to that. My name is John, and joining me this week as he does every, well, every other week, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, how you doing? Hey, John, I am, I'm doing all right. It feels like it has been like three weeks. It does. Since we last sat down. It, yeah. it, we had a very busy, crazy kind of like first week after our last episode, and this last week has been a bit more relaxed, and I don't know, life, life, is life and I'm tired and but it's all good. I hear it's that all good right now. I hear that. How are you, my good friend? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm um, sure. Probably uh, on top of the world, as some might say. Indeed. I mean, we'll just leave it at that. I went to Vegas uh, this weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, going down to a uh, going down to L.A. way again this weekend uh, yeah. for a Halloween party. Yes. Oh, God, my gosh, that's right. I need to <laughs> hem some kids' costumes. Yeah, I'm going to be dressing as uh, Grunkle Stan from... Uh, oh, really? Yes, I have my eight-ball cane, I have my little tie, and I have my fez. I haven't put the fez completely together yet, but uh, very excited that this finally came together. I didn't realize fez together. is assembly. Oh, uh, it just needs the uh, logo that he has on the front of it. That's oh, it. okay, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. We have a Princess Zelda and a Link. Oh, uh, cool. Yes. That should absolutely. be fun. It, it, it will. Absolutely. Perrin is very excited to be Link in all the accoutrements that go with it, but his sleeves are a little long and uh, Echo's uh, dress is a little long. And so I'm like, okay, uh, this is the week I've got to hem those. Yeah. This is definitely the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, so, Taylor, man, uh, yes. a lot to talk about. Dude. Uh, in the Who News, and um, it looks like uh, Team TARDIS is in full effect. Completely full effect. And this this was positively the like lowest key reveal I, I think Doctor Who, or at least new Doctor Who, has maybe ever had because... Sunday afternoon, you know, my folks came by, or Sunday morning, my folks came by to see the kids and see us and everything. And so after that, I was tired. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a nap. And you were hopping on a plane, yeah. And I wake up from that nap, and I'm like, oh, they've announced companions. Holy crap! Yeah, it was. I I had turned my phone off on the plane, and we do. were yes, as you do, everyone listening, or in airplane mode. I turned it back on and. I saw the news and I I went, oh, like in my seat, <laughs> I'm still in the runway. I'm just like, oh, look at that. So yeah, three <laughs> new companions. We only have names at the moment. Yes. And that's only have first names at the moment. That's it, which is... um Actually, the, there's a little more information just about 
next season. Oh, that was yes. That came. Did that come today or did that come yesterday? I that came yesterday, so far as I know. So so first we've got um the well I'm gonna say the companions. I mean the article that I've got and that I'll link it to in the story notes from from uh, Gizmodo refers to them as her her new friends. Maybe that's just what they're gonna be calling them now. But uh, uh, Yasmin played by Mandeep Gill. Ryan, played by, I'm going to pronounce it, Tosin, T-O-S-I-N, Tosin Cole. And, hey, one of these guesses in terms of rumors was actually right. Uh, the character of Graham, who's going to be played by Brian Yes, Walsh. yes. Um, so, you know, to, to what extent will they all be on the TARDIS all the time, all together? Will some come and go? Who knows? We absolutely have no idea about that whatsoever. Um, but the, uh, press release, uh, the statement, uh, revealing all of that did also confirm the next series will begin airing a year from now, autumn of 2018. Yeah. Um, and it is going to be a 10 week run of 50 minute episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I believe the premiere is going to be 60 minutes, but Hey, what's 10 minutes between friends, right? Yeah. Very true. <laughs> so great. I'm uh, yeah. I mean, I'm down. I'm down with a bigger TARDIS. Uh, feels like a family kind of going on here. I'm down with that. I am too. I'm excited. I, it, it is, it is the kind of thing I look at the picture of them and I'm like, what is this? This I feel like we're going to have a just a completely new dynamic. I don't think we've had anything quite no like this before. At least in in modern Who. I well, given the fact that we're going to have a female Doctor, I'm going to well, say yes, ever. yes, <laughs> fair enough, ever <laughs> more fair. Um, you know, we we definitely have some good diversity. Yes. Um, I, I'm just, I know nothing, so I'm just curious to see what this is going to be like, how this is going to play out, how each of them are going to develop as characters and, and find balance when you've only got 10 episodes. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be very interesting. I'll, I'll say that much. That's for sure. And I think if anybody, I'm going to say, and I'll say this now, I think if anybody's going to have a, a decent crack at you know, being able to plot it out well. I'm going to say it's, you know, Chibnall's going to do a good job. Oh, yeah, it. definitely. 100% agree. Craziness. So, uh, we, <laughs> we, got, we got some of our uh, first glimpses at the reconstructed animated fixed, whatever you want to call it, version of Shada. Yes. And uh, it looks pretty, uh, looks pretty interesting. It does, yeah. And I'll have, a, I'll have another link to this, and it's got a little YouTube clip uh, in... Um, I'll put that in the show notes. And this is the first time we've actually had, um, you know, all the original cast who are still around. Yeah. Uh, back to do the voices because there have been many attempts to get this story done and then get the story told. And, and pretty much every single time, except this one, Tom Baker didn't want to come back. <laughs> and, and now he has, which I think is excellent. And so, yes, we still get that same kind of power of the Daleks animation, although this time in color. Yes. Um, I, I'm, my, my internal jury is out as to whether or not it's improved it or not. <laughs> um, yes. But I'll be very curious to see it. I mean, this, this, this again, I mean, for, for most Whovians, this is a, a story of legendary status. So to, to see it finished, basically, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm, 
I'm very curious to see what it's like. Yeah, I um I'm seeing here that it's uh, going to be on a digital download November 24th. Yep. So I think maybe uh we should look into that and maybe do that for the week after that. Oh, I think that would be a great idea. Yes, we definitely, definitely should review this. We'll be look forward for, to that, everyone, because we're going to do that. <laughs> That's that'll be. We'll try and time it correctly. We'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. So the Radio Times conducted a poll on uh, what fans want from the Thirteenth Doctor and um, Taylor. What they uh, what they think here? What'd yeah, it, they. Um... They did this poll via Twitter, and um, interestingly enough, uh, the very first thing, the, the very first question was, should Jodie Whittaker's doctor have more than one companion? Well, the point is moot, um, because yes. she will. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing is that 63% said, yes, yes, she should. So that 63% is going to be very happy now. Um, now, let's see, the... Um, the majority said that the, you know, hey, you get a new doctor, you get a new interior on the TARDIS. Yes. Um, wouldn't be surprised. No, not uh, at all. That tends to happen, uh, as well as new Sonic. Yes. I mean, I... I one of the new... Yeah, I'm seeing that. And I I, I love the new... I oh, I do too. News, and I, I kind of wish it had a little, a little better uh, run. Do you know what I think is uh, the most interesting that I'm hmm. seeing here is... Um, classic villains or more new villains it's as i'm looking at it right now it's almost 50 50 it's basically 50 50 yeah it's 51 49 which is very Um, interesting totally i mean there's all sorts that i can think of that i'd love to see come back in terms of uh classic ones um but yes by all means you know let's get some new ones in there too definitely um what i think is great is they get they gave a very long list of possible characters um that they'd like you know fans would like to see return and yeah by overwhelming <laughs> yes by an overwhelming win captain jack oh yeah everybody wants to see captain jack back i'd love to see him interact i would with, too with 13 we'll I call th- her i think that would be very um interesting to say the least yes to say the least uh they talk about, uh, do you want more adventures out in space and out in time or um, or on modern day Earth? And most people want it out and about. Yeah, I want it out and about. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Totally. You... So, we will see. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you can see the rest of the results in the in the show notes. But yeah, yep. you can. We will also see. <laughs> we will literally also see in about a year. God, a year. I know. I know. Ugh. Uh, Doctor Who has won an Alley Award for LGBT inclusiveness, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, very. Yeah, inclusive. that was fantastic. They won an Alley Award for uh, inclusiveness. Pearl Mackey was on hand to. Uh, receive it yes good stuff totally totally good stuff and and hopefully you know going forward you know you've got more yes please more let's not more uh more let's not let's not stunt our growth here on our favorite show because let's be honest growth is stunting everywhere else in the yes world, it, it is seems. just keep let, it let our doctor who be be our beacon of light going forward yes please Ugh. 
That would be great. So, Taylor. <laughs> yes. This week we watched The Ultimate Foe. We did. Starring Colin Baker as the Doctor, Bonnie Langford as Mel, Michael Jason as the Valyard, or as he likes to be called, the Valyard. Mm-hmm. What a liar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, Tony yeah. Selby as Solomon Glitz. And Anthony Anley as the master. Anley, I'm sorry, Anley. (laughs) You're doing so good there. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) It was written by Robert Holmes, part 13, and by Pip and Jane Baker, part 14. And everything was just directed by Chris Clue. It first aired November 29th to December 6th of 1986. It is the fourth and final story of season 23. Uh, we did it. We finished an entire season of Classic Who. Yes, we did. Raise the banner. Call back the troops. Uh, mission accomplished. Don't call back the troops. Yeah. Uh, so we got a bunch. <laughs> we got a slew of story notes here. So, Taylor, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, apparently, unbeknownst to me up until this point, at least, sensory overload causes Time Lords to fall into a catatonic state. Yes, to fall into a can- catatonic state. That was, um, I mean, a lot of rave effects going on all over the place. Very in much so. <laughs> Classic yes. Who loves a good rave, apparently. Yeah, we're always down for that, apparently. Um, the Matrix, not, 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 not a Toyota Matrix, not, not the Keanu Reeves Matrix. No. Uh, but the Doctor Who Matrix is a rather fascinating place because apparently you can hide a TARDIS and weaponry inside it. Yes, apparently so. The, the one one rule of logic is that logic doesn't apply no. in the Matrix, which just gives the writers free reign to go utterly bonkers. <laughs> um, so now originally Robert Holmes was to have written both episodes, but uh, he was taken ill and passed away before he could do so. Yeah. Uh, script editor Eric Sayward finished the second episode from Holmes's notes, but the original plan to end the story and all of season 23 on a cliffhanger, leaving the battle between the doctor and the Valyard completely unresolved was rejected oh. by producer Don John Nathan Turner. Um, now, all of this is chronicled in the making of documentary. documentary. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yes, it has. Uh, included in the 2008 DVD release of this story. Now, this led to a falling out between Sayward and John Nathan Turner. Sayward resigned his position as script editor. Uh, John Nathan Turner commissioned Pippin Jane Baker on short notice to compose the concluding episode. Uh, and interestingly enough, a uh, friend of the show, Mike Solko, actually chimed in with a little bit of trivia because he is so wonderful. Oh, yes. Um, about it. And um, I'm just scrolling to it quickly. I apologize for not having it up and ready. That's fine. Um, what's interesting, he says, is that actually the novelization of this story was way different than what was televised. Um now, part of it I'm going to save because I think I think you're gonna like this, but I'm gonna save it till we get to a certain part of the story. Okay. Um, so the um, Mike says that he's not sure if the Holmes Sayward version would have been significantly better. Um, he says that obviously Six's big speech uh, is a great moment. There's just loads of. I think he's talking more about the Pip and Jane stuff here. But right. There's just loads of overwritten dialogue that sounds like it was written by an English snob. <laughs> um, but darn it, a megabyte modem would have been really fast for that era. Yes, it would have. <laughs> would have been very fast. Um, 
So that last little tidbit, which I, I think still is going to uh, hold a bit of a surprise for you, I will save until right, the appropriate okay, okay. point in our discussion. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, this is also, yes, yes. Uh, this is also the Master's last appearance until the episode Survival. Oh, okay, right. Which, oddly enough, is also the, the last episode of Classic Who. Yes. Um, and, and like I said, there are other story notes, but they'll spoil things, so we'll, we'll share them in the right Yeah, way. I saw that, and I went, oh, interesting. <laughs> so, Taylor, world's yes. famous synopsis for uh, the tail end of this journey we've gone on so uh let us have it all right well after holding back the bonkers for nigh on 12 parts we let (laughs) loose with an inception-esque story running roughshod through the matrix while trying to keep us guessing doctor who gives us our most scooby-doo moment ever and he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't well you know oh my goodness it's very true (laughs) if it wasn't for those meddling whatevers um, the kids and the, yeah, I don't know. They the don't kids have a dog anymore. The kids. It's always the kids. Um, <laughs> so I feel like last up, the last story was the one that you were kind of like, I don't know, right? It it did feel like the the weaker story in the grand scheme of things up to that point. Yeah, in the grand scheme of this overarching story, I'm going to tell you, I feel like this one was the weakest one. <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. <laughs> I was, um, man, I, um, uh, first of all, I'm glad it was only two parts. Right. Uh, um, I mean, it felt like, you're right, like, it was, the, part two was very Scooby-Doo-ish. Completely. Not, not just because of the actual Scooby-Doo reveal, <laughs> just because the Valyard is just cackling like a madman throughout, like, he was trying to audition for the well, the thriller video or something. I don't know what was happening. Even though oh, I, nice reference. I feel like thriller came out before this, but whatever. Uh thriller I think was eighty four, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was eighty four. I think you're right. I'm looking it up. It was nineteen eighty two. Oh my god, really? Nineteen eighty two? Yeah. Oh, I'm way off on that. Eh. Was it two years? You're you're yeah. in the you're in the vicinity. <laughs> so I'm I'm in the galactic ballpark. I did enjoy that it was just the the doctor I, I talks about blushing blushing down to his toenails. Do toenails blush? I don't think they do. Um I anytime that I've blushed really hard, I've never had a moment to look at my toenails. Very I can't true. Vouch for that. I, maybe it's a Gallifreyan thing. Maybe it is. Two hearts and blushing toenails. There you um, go. That is my um, <laughs> my new uh, Doctor Who themed rock band. Uh, that also might be our alternative title this week. That's <laughs> Two great. hearts and blushing toenails. <laughs> Coming to you tonight on uh, 92.3. We got a... Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love like the Scooby-Doo just throughout the entire thing. Anybody, nobody can penetrate the the matrix. Was it physically penetrated? Oh my goodness! Yes, I know. Slightly dirty. I was like, whoa! All right. Hey now. That was that was a bit much there. Uh, I love that nobody can get in here except they have this key. And it was just like, what was the other thing? It was it was so. If I don't have the key, then somebody else probably has. It, it was just very confusing to where oh, to where um we're just pointing the finger at the Valyard and. It's it's just so strange that the the master just shows up. Oh, completely out of nowhere. Isn't Let's just... just talk about this key of Raslon because it literally hangs from a hook. Yes, 
on the guy's chest. And I'm like, that's really not the safest way. Anybody to could, yeah, anybody could just yank that off your person. I, I do like that they used the uh, the shot of the. Uh, you know, the big space station that they're on one more time. I mean, they did pay. Eight oh, so they might as well get their mileage. Yeah, that was great. When we see uh, Glitz and Mel land in these uh, yes. sleek looking space coffins. I was going to say galactic trash bins, but okay. oh, I kind of like that, too. I But you <laughs> have to call them galactic garbage cans just because mine. Was, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I feel like galactic garbage cans is. I don't know. Just two G's right there in the middle. It's more alliterative. There you go. That's true. Um, Yeah, those graphics were great. I really liked them. And then uh, Glitz and Mel land. And then the master's like, hey, I'm here now. And (laughs) the doctor says, oh, no, I'm really finished. Well, between that and his Windows 95 screensaver behind him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, it was like Max Hedrum. Oh, very God. Yes, somebody animate me a Max Headroom version of the Master. <laughs> that would be amazing. Holy crap, that would be magnificent. That'd be very good. Somebody get on that, please. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the Master, he's he uh, he's just here. And he's like, hey, I'm here because of justice. And it's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and it, it's so confusing. And he's all up in the Matrix. Because, you know, the Master, always meddling. Not the time meddler. Or the meddling monk, but just meddling in his own way. <laughs> and we find out that the master, he said, uh, you need some star witnesses. Here's Glitz and Mel. Have fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Mel calling herself boring. She's yep. like, I'm really boring. <laughs> like, what? Come on, Mel. Have a little more self-confidence. Well, and, exactly. And the, they're they're picking apart Glitz, you know, for being a criminal. And then the master goes, let Sabalom speak. And just magically, the Inquisitor is okay with it. All right, fine. Go ahead. Talk. And Glitz is there going, hey, you know, I like what your courtroom's made of. I can give you a pretty penny for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's stri- he's like trying to like fantastic. strip off the sides of it and take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Love it. So good. And um, I mean, the big reveal finally kind of happens here. Oh, totally. And it, and it this part, this part is great where there's this whole uh, conspiracy uh, going on at the hand of the Time Lords themselves, and they're literally messing with entire civilizations in order to cover their tracks. Yes. And, the, I mean, the Master, you know, always just getting his hands and everything. He he uh, he lets slip that the Valyard is, uh, is the Doctor, somewhere yes. in between the 12th and final incarnation. Mm-hmm. And it is the, I believe, the manifest of all that is evil within the Doctor. Yep. All this darkness. I mean, you can only be nice so much. I get it. I get it, too, Valyard. <laughs> and I love that the Valyard just, he's like, just on the run now. And he, he just goes into the the Matrix. And now yep. we're we're all up in the Matrix and stuff just gets crazy. It's just crazy. Oh, boy. Does it. And let me tell you, Taylor, when uh, Colin Baker looked in that barrel and that hand shot out of there. Yes. I jumped 20 feet in the air. (laughs) I mean, I should have seen it coming. I mean, but I didn't, and I was very frightened. Yeah, that that, that was a great jump. So we're kind of in... got me too. So we're in the Matrix, and it's just... We're we're in... uh, What is is the building called? I'm trying to find it. The Fantasy Factory. Yes, and that logo needs... With their oh-so-subtle signage. Yes, that signage needs to be a shirt. Doesn't it? Oh, I would wear one. I would. It was great. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the the signage was uh, very bright. And like, it's so strange. Like, 
we have to wait in the DMV to meet the Valyard, and all these forms got to be filled out. And oh, wait, wait, wait! Before we even get to that, before oh, we even the get harpoon, to the, the, the multiple Popowicks, we get the <laughs> message for you, sir. Moment. <laughs> the harpoon that shoots uh, glitz right in the chest. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh my. Well, he's dead, but apparently he's fine because he's wearing some I don't know space armor thing. Space armor. Yeah, yep. space armor. <laughs> and uh, and also kind of in the midst of this, we're going back and forth. Not too much, but we find out that I feel like I hear that Perry's okay. Yes, we get Perry's fate. So she's fine. She's just married to um that, Doug, that Duggan guy. <laughs> that Duggan guy. Yes, actually. And funnily enough, actually looking at some of the notes on this, um, it actually turns out that Nicola Bryant actually liked Perry's original fate. Ooh, really? Yeah, just because it was it was kind of that more bold, daring choice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it threw me for a loop. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, and it really was truly dark. Yeah. And, was... and, you know, this was a time where the show wasn't doing that level of dark. So. No. I mean, I get that, um, but go go look up Perry. Go look up Perry Brown on on uh, TARDIS Wikia, and she has so many different endings. Really? Um, yes. And one of them is um, uh, from the uh, novelization of this story is that it actually turns out that Perry and King Yurkanos eventually return to Earth where he becomes a pro wrestler and she is his manager. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Is that the bit of story news that you <laughs> wanted to reveal that, to me? Yes. That that is what Mike gave me that I was holding out of on. Of course, Mike coming through with the pro wrestler. He knew I would enjoy that for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness, that's amazing. I gotta find you a copy of this book for like Christmas or something. Oh man, I wish it was like I wish there was some art for that. Uh, I, I I think we should call upon people. I think I think we need our art need... of you know King Urkanos, the the wrestler. Yes, holding the title belt with Perry by his side. That's oh right. my goodness. <laughs> that's great. That's very good. So the harpoon, we got all this crazy stuff. We find out Perry's okay, which is great. And then we we get into oh jeez, um, we're in this like processing room mm-hmm. where uh, we just gotta. Oh man, this is I was just this is so I was so bored. I'm not gonna lie to anybody here. I was very bored. It was bored and surreal at the same time with the Papa Wicks. Yes, where they go and they try to go into another room, but there's another another. It's the same guy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they just go, they're like, all right, well, we'll go into this room. And then um, the doctor kind of, he gets transported onto this, this, he like opens a door and he's just on a beach. Yep. <laughs> and I think he says, this is a very odd waiting room. Yep. Which is amazing. And then um, we end this episode with something very reminiscent from The Magician's Apprentice. Right? That we, I mean, I know they weren't hand mines. 
but they basically yeah. were. They looked it, I mean, and, in a lot of ways. And I almost wonder if that's where we got the idea for hand mines from. Mm, maybe. I mean, I would not put it past the Moffat. No. But it was like, I, they popped out, and I went, oh my god, it's hand mines! What's happening? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we close out the episode. And uh, we open part two with uh, Glitz uh, kind of trying to help. Sort of helping kind of being like oh your cheap spats fell apart yes nice knowing you doc um and you know the doctor kind of says like we're not in reality and he kind of pops back out of the mud and i thought that was pretty cool (laughs) it it was it was kind of funny i mean it's very obviously oh yeah reversed yes footage and you could tell he's like he's they're like okay collins stand really still and like he moves at one point and you could tell it's a very backward yes yes motion and it's like Okay, but that's still kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it was still it was still cool for the time. I thought. Oh, totally. Yeah. And um, Glitz and the Doctor talking, and the Valyard uh, apparently is Nightcrawler from the X Men. Right. And he's just popping up and disappearing everywhere, just kind of illusions. Yes. And, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, now you guys are just playing with camera techniques. Yes. We're just uh, getting but, bored here at the end of the season. Can you can you think of just how long that actually probably took to shoot? Probably took half a day, at least. It, it may have. We got to get this shot in and cut. Action and cut. Action. <laughs> It'll look great. And Mel's just had enough. She's like, I'm going in. And yeah. um, this uh, the key master, the keeper of the Matrix. Yes. Um, He's dirty. Uh, what a dick. Let's just say that. Yes. He trips her, a grown man who is in charge of the Matrix. His only way to stop. Use your words. Yeah. Come on, man. Mel would hear you out. What a jerk. Right. Um, If I'm missing anything, I the next thing I have is the Master's TARDIS. That's literally yeah, the next I, thing. Literally, my next note is a disco in the Master's TARDIS. Yes, we get a Technicolor Nightmare, as I called it. Wow, look at oh, me. Oh, you mean Colin Baker's jacket? Whoa, no. Oh, wow, what a there? heavy shot. <laughs> so the, the Master, as we stated earlier, he kind of sensory overloads the Doctor. Correct. And he uh, is now in control of in control of the doctor and he's like look we got to get we got to get this guy i think it's basically what he says we got to get the valyard because it's basically like if anybody's gonna mess with the doctor it's gonna be me not the doctor from the future ah whatever pretty much yeah we're gonna use the doctor's bait so yeah he uses the doctor's bait and i love uh the master shooting his laser like pistol or whatever it is at the valyard and it's just like <laughs> just like that that was he had spoken so much and mm-hmm. was so eloquent and now he's just become maniacal laugh yeah. And he's like, you're silly lasers. You thought that was the plan. Like that was going to foil me. Like I'd come out on this balcony in my weird house and you just shoot me. <laughs> you were dumb. Now, I mean, uh, do you think, how do they do this in class in uh, modern who? Do you think they even address it? The Valyard? Yeah. Uh, well. I mean, you'd I have to do it in the Christmas episode. I Sort of, yeah. I mean, but then I guess also it, it, the between the twelfth and final, and now we know that the thirteenth isn't the final. So, and technically, he already had the thirteenth regeneration. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Eh. Timey wimey. 
Let's just go with timey wimey. I was thinking yeah. about that when they said it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, actually." <laughs> Let me push my glasses oh, up here for a second. Actually, um, yeah, I, I think I think blessedly they chose to say between the twelfth and final. Yes, not twelfth and thirteenth. Not, uh, not hard numbers between twelfth and final. It's like they knew that actually can be a whole bunch of numbers. Yes, it could, and it uh, and it will. <laughs> it will indeed be a whole bunch of numbers. Um, but I really, really, truly hope that at some point the Valyard comes up in Who. Yes, that would be amazing. I think that would be very cool if we uh, if we did that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel takes the Doctor out of the Matrix, or so it seems. Well, yeah, I'm gonna call her Shadow Mel because at first I'm sitting there, I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, I don't I trust this voice, and I see curly hair, but in a shadow, I don't think that's Mel. And she brings him back into the courtroom, and he trusts Mel with his life, mm-hmm. which is very nice to hear. And we get a repeat of our favorite scene where the beat yeah. drops. Go to our um, our Twitter to go see the beat drop. Yes, our vervoid rave. And they say, hey, Mel, is that how this happened? And she's like, I don't know, doctor. Apparently she turned into Perry. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, doctor. (laughs) And he goes, go on, just tell the truth. And she's like, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. And they're like, all right, well, you're guilty then. (laughs) And it turns out that none of that actually happened. Yep. It was in the uh, the Matrix, the, the the Doctor's romantic nature. That was a great line too. Yeah, <laughs> and and Mel of course tries to go and save him, and he's like, "What were you doing? I knew this the whole time. Yes. it was fine." I'm like, "Of course you knew." And he wants to meet the Valyard. He wants to go meet the Valyard. And um, Fantasy Factory needs a shirt. Yes, I loved the bit with the hypnotizing. That was the oh my funniest that was thing. Great. That was so cool. And he's like, well, if that's not going to work, do you want all this gold? He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Give me all that gold. And this is kind of around the time we find out the Doctor is 900 years old, which is great. Yeah, it's funny because he's been 900 years old for quite a few regenerations. Now. Yes. And we get... So we're back in this house or this whatever it is. I don't know. The... the <laughs> We're ba- we're back in the fantasy factory, mm-hmm. so I guess it's a factory of fantasy. I, that's just what I'm being told. Just trying to bring you the Sounds facts. Sounds like a lady, ladies' group from the '80s. Yes, it does. And <laughs> we get the funniest. How how funny was the uh, the reveal? And not only the uh, how slowly we peeled off this mask, mm-hmm. which was probably like, look, you guys. Bill spent a long time making this prosthetic, so we got to show it on camera for a little longer than we usually would show a mask pull off because we don't want him to feel bad. He's such a nice guy. (laughs) And it was so slow. It was the slowest reveal. And then it was even funnier when he, like, grabbed the front of it. It was like the close-up of his clothes. And he grabs Mm -hmm. it and pulls it off. And, oh, man, (laughs) it was a Scooby-Doo reveal. And it was the Valyard all along who was... uh, Running the DMV with all the paperwork. Yeah. And the doctor kind of puts together at this point that the Matrix screen, because the, uh, it's kind of revealed that the Valyard wants, you know, he just wants everybody to die. Some people just want to watch Gallifrey burn. <laughs> it's very true. The Daleks, <laughs> basically everybody. 
And yeah. uh, the Matrix screen that's in the courtroom is going to kill everybody. And uh, we get a nice bit of laughter again. Yes, this this megabyte modem thing's got some sort of bizarre feedback loop or whatever. Ah, uh, yes, the feedback loop, which also affects uh, the Master and Glitz. And it appears that they're in that horrible carnival ride that uh, pushes you up against the walls that I never went on. Because that sounded horrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've forgotten about that part. That's right. Yes. Uh, I also really acting. Yes, very much so. And we got the uh, the crazy blue effects because of the massive feedback. Yes. Or as I I like to say in my notes, watch out, digital scribbles. Yeah, digital scribbles. I mean, hey, you do what you have to do to make things look wacky. And I feel like the Valiar, doesn't he just kind of fall over and die? Pretty much. It's just very anticlimactic. He's just like it, uh, it is. He kind of just collapses and is like that. That moment of like the the hand loses tension. Oh, oh I'm dead. Um, the high council is somehow saved, even though they all suck and uh, <laughs> all charges are dropped against the doctor. Uh, he finds out Perry is alive and well, and he's very happy about that. And that mm-hmm. makes that makes me happy because he was very upset. Don't like my doctor to be upset. No, and um. The Inquisitor says, hey, uh, you want to be Lord President again? And the Doctor's like, nah, I'm good. Why don't you do it? Yeah, pretty much. I'm good with that. And uh, we head out to the TARDIS. The Doctor wants nothing to do with carrot juice. A little callback to earlier on in a funny scene. I still love that mm-hmm. scene where he's just like, yeah. who is this woman? I shouldn't have I shouldn't have had her on. This is bad. <laughs> I just, I don't want to drink carrot juice ever again. That's basically, he's like, carrot juice, and then the TARDIS, like, goes away. Pretty and much. we go back into, and it's just like, what is happening? This And I did mention Thriller earlier. This is basically this the is Thriller reveal. Thriller yes. Where it's like, oh, come along, master of the Matrix, with your key and all of the knowledge. We gotta fix everything. And then it, it the guy is like, oh, right away. And he turns around, and he's like, ha, 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 ha. And he, it's the Valiard. Yep. So, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's basically how um, we end this season and this story. Evil triumphs and the doctor's uh, drinking carrot juice. No, in a, you know. <laughs> I did think this was very, like a very weak ending. I I was, I mean, there was some funny stuff in there. But besides that, I, man. It definitely got back to some classic, you know, 80s who bonkersness. Oh, definitely. I, I, I'd kind of been missing. Oh, yeah. But I, I agree. I, I mean, I think this, this ending honestly felt kind of rushed. And I definitely think could have been better, but I don't know what I personally would have done. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, this could have been better, but what would have been better about it? I don't I have no idea. I mean, if you're, you feel like if the Valyard has complete control of the Matrix, he'd do, he'd do something better than have uh, the Doctor wait to fill out forms and then hang out on a beach. I mean... <laughs> yeah, good point. Right? Uh, I mean, uh, come on now. <laughs> and just the addition of the, the Master was so strange. Not that I'm saying I, you know, it wasn't nice to see the Master. It was just, just weird. Yeah, just kind of out of nowhere. But I mean, his intentions for being there, I understand, but at the same time... At the same time, it's just like, oh, well, it's, um, I mean, clearly the Val- the Valyard is the villain in this entire story. So it was just kind of like, why do we got the other villain? The other villain's only here because he, he's the one that wants to mess with the Doctor, which is a trope. But, you know, it's a trope. We've seen. The yeah, trope. It, it is. It's it, it's a trope. And 
I don't know. I mean, honestly, I I kind of think it works. It's it, it kind of puts the master in in a different light. It's like, look, now I kind of have to save you because I want to be the one to mess with you. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, Taylor, yeah. we did it. We did. Um. Yeah. There you have it, folks. That's the end <laughs> of Podcastica forever. No, I don't. Oh my gosh. No, we're kidding. So, uh, Taylor, you're up. I am. So, um, what what do we got next here on the docket? Well, on the docket. Oh God, not another trial. <laughs> um, I think I'd almost prefer carrot juice at that rate. <laughs> um, no, no, I wouldn't. Let's be honest. Um, I know I had said I had talked about getting back into some new who, and I man, I just I looked and just nothing was really kind of grabbing me. Yeah, was saying you need to review me, and I'm I'm sure there's something out there. Just I wasn't feeling it right away, but. I gotta admit, my my kids are getting a little bit more interested in being like, Dad, we might want to try some Doctor oh, Who, which I'm like, all right. So I'm kind of like reaching out, kind of picking some brains, being like, okay, what do you think would be a you know good episode that's not too scary? Because admittedly, you know, they're still six, yeah. basically. And um, you know, one of the episodes I had had suggested to me is the one that actually. Uh, aired right before Shada would have aired, and it's The Pirate Planet. Oh! Mary Tam is Romana, John Leeson is Kenine. It was written by Douglas Adams. Yes, that Douglas Adams. The Douglas Adams. You know what? The one and only Douglas Adams. I believe this is one of the only... I think I watched Pirate Planet um, when I first was diving into Classic Who, and I feel like nice. I watched it. So it'll be nice to revisit this because I honestly don't really remember it. It's It's been many, many, many years, decades yes. since I've seen it. I do remember it, but it's been a very long time since I've seen it. But let's not forget, it was also directed, and I love this name, by Pennant Roberts. Yeah, that's a name and a half. Pennant. I like that. Pennant. So, yes, I'm sorry. We're going to go back into some more classic Who. Maybe you can pull us out next time with some. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to. Taylor, we got a long. We got. We got. Let me break it to you. We might just cover everything, and then when we have off seasons in the future, there's nothing for us to cover. Yeah, we'll have to be like, we're going to read this new adventure novel. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. There's always so big finish. I forget about big finish. You should never forget about big finish, though. No, don't. They're awesome. They are. They're fantastic. So. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well. You can also find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash the NOTLG. Head on over to NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Check out our merchandise. Uh, buy one of our Podcastica shirts. That would be lovely. Just lovely. And uh, patreon.com slash NOTLG. Um, shout out to M.A. Soko, who we talked about earlier. Yes. He uh, he throws money our way because he's a good dude. And we appreciate it. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, speaking of good dudes and also dudettes because we're in the 80s, uh, check out the Y-Axes. They do our music. You can follow them on Twitter at the Y-Axes, their Facebook page. Facebook.com slash the Y axes, the Y axes.bandcamp.com, and they're also on Spotify. So join us again in two weeks where we um, talk about this pirate planet. Indeed. And uh, we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Man.
You can also found a whoop. God, sorry. Hey, we got through most of it. Um, let me do that again. Um, rate reviews as well. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com. Thank you.